Hello and welcome. Uh, that was a terrible introduction. Just hello. What kind of? Maybe that's uh, why I'm not in in real show business. Why I'm in the YouTube business instead of real show business. But uh, welcome to the last, the final uh, episode of this series that doesn't have a name. It's me talking about music, and uh, as you see by the title, when you click on this, I'm going to talk about ACDC, and I have some props today. I'm going to I'm going to start with uh, opening this. ACDC. This is uh, German beer, Australia hard rock. The track listing there of rock or bust, which I will be talking about shortly. This is my preparation. This is how I prepare when I do these videos. I drink a beer of the band names. So I've had Saigon Kick Beer, Goldfinger Beer, Cherry Pop and Daddy's Beer, um, Faith No More Beer, and today, hello, ACDC Beer. My cat is here, wondering who I'm talking to and why I have my back turned to her. But I'll, I'll give a little insight into this. Uh, we're, we're doing something now that we call the, the production meeting. We do this, uh, me and my team here, they're all behind the cameras, that's why you can't see them. We have these production meetings where we uh, we, we talk about the video, we, we talk about what the, the points that we want to hit and excuse me, it might be a little bit loud here, I'm outdoors. And um, that's about it. So, and I should also say as I wrap up this series with no name with ACDC today, that I should thank all my uh, my crew, my uh, my producer, I can't remember his name, and uh, the other guy behind the camera, the camera, camera operator. Um, I just call him Hey Guy. And uh, you can't see it, but above my head there's a boom mic. So for the boom operator, uh, we generally don't make eye contact with each other. Thank you to all of those people. And um, so the, this this is the behind the scenes footage. This is going to go on uh, the, the Blu-ray, the the bonus edition, bonus features. Maybe an Easter egg on the Blu-ray. Um, maybe maybe even uh, Ultra HD, a 4K edition. I think is in the works. Is being talked about. Uh, what do you think, guy? No. No, forget it. Eh. Well, anyway, so um, that's that's what I'm doing. I have my uh, my other props here. I have, uh, as you can see, I have the ACDC albums that I'm going to talk about, as well as others. If you can see these, you, you might see that they're not all there, but I will talk about all of them. And um, I want to share some news. There, there's been... Um, a little, a little bit of trouble in the Dan Bowski camp lately. I'm having some trouble with YouTube. The numbers aren't where I want them to be. I think I, I, I feel like I, um, I feel like I won with Cherry Pop and Daddy's. Cherry Pop and Daddy's was a good video. It had hundreds of views, multiple hundreds of views out of the 21 or 20 or 22 episodes I've done. Some of the other ones, I didn't like the numbers. Some of them only had, uh, there were some that were less than 100, 100 views. So what I've done is I've, I've filed a, a request with YouTube for an official recount. That's right, I'm doing a recount of these views. I have no reason to believe that they're wrong. There's no basis to believe they're wrong. I just personally don't like it. 
And uh, I'm, a, I'm a small, petty man. And um, I guess when, when I don't like something, when I'm not happy about something, I, I like to uh, make sure everybody knows it. And I like to be uh, a pain in the ass. And um, I guess in my heart, I know the views are correct. I know a recount won't do anything. I know it's not going to go my way. But I feel like I like to just inconvenience people. So um, so that's it. So, so we're going to have our, our production meeting now. I've got my phone here with me. Sometimes uh, uh, I use this for notes when I don't have, when I'm missing some of the CDs from the, from the bands that I talk about. I have to refer to the notes. And uh, so production meeting in store is, uh, sorry, is, is in, uh, in session now. Um, we can't leave the cameras running during the actual production meeting. This is the pre, pre-production. So, so that's it. So for anybody who, who watched all the other 20 or 21 episodes, thank you. Um, I don't know who I'm talking to. People on YouTube always say, hey guys, and uh, you know, all of you, or they, they say folks. A lot of people like to say folks. I don't, I don't like referring to people as folks, but uh, I hear a lot of people doing that. So thank you for watching and uh, for subscribing. I'm up close to 10,000 subscribers on this little YouTube channel that I started in 2006. I started this channel 14 years ago. And it's, uh, it's, it's been pretty successful considering that I don't, other than what I've just said, I don't really promote it. And uh, it's not very good. I don't edit anything. Everything is just one take. Uh, there, there's no, I don't add any music or sound or uh, sound effects or nice titles or flashy things like that, like a lot of people do. But thanks for anybody who watched it. I know that's not most of you. That's why I have to have this, excuse me, this recount. And uh, I know also a lot of you cheat because YouTube shows me. It shows how long my videos are. It might be, let's say, one hour and five minutes. And it shows the average view duration is six minutes or it's three minutes and 49 seconds. So, uh, Thank you for scrolling through. I know a lot of you just scroll through. I'm not sure exactly what you're looking for, but thank you for watching. Thank you for scrolling. And uh, I think that's about it. I think my team and I, uh, are we ready? No, still not yet. You're always so slow. All right. Well, and what about him? When? I didn't even notice he was gone. Well, we're already having problems. This is kind of why this, uh, this, to be honest, uh, why this series is falling apart. Uh, I am in talks with Netflix, though, to do a, a proper thing to, you know, YouTube is, you know, I think I might be getting a little bit too big for YouTube. I have to move on for Netflix if they can, uh, if we can agree on a, a schedule. So that's it. So, so I'm about to, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this, uh, this, this rocker bust. Beer. I don't know if it's rude or polite or if it's acceptable to drink on camera, but I'm going to finish up. I'm going to talk about the name with the the band with the most electrifying name in rock music, ACDC, and uh, stay tuned because here it comes.
All right, after a successful production meeting, I'm here solo by myself. My crew is all, uh, again, well, they're always behind the cameras. That's why you never see them. You only see this, you only see me. So I don't need to say anything else about this video. I'm going to talk today about ACDC in this final episode of uh, the show that has no name. The podcast. Some people say it has a, it's a podcast. Kevin Montavon, Ticket Stubs podcast on YouTube. Check it out. He calls, he calls this a podcast. So I'm, I'm going to talk about ACDC. I have a very, very long history with ACDC, as I've mentioned in some of my other uh, videos, which you've not seen and not watched because you probably skip, skip over the part where I talk about it. ACDC was possibly either the, the second or third band that I ever get into after KISS. It's undeniable that KISS was number one. I got into KISS in 1975. And um, either Black Sabbath or ACDC was the, the next uh, band that I got into. I mean, I liked other bands, but I mean that I bought their albums. was uh, either Black Sabbath or ACDC. I'm not sure which is which. Forget about Black Sabbath. I already talked about them. Today it's going to be all about ACDC. I have a very mixed relationship with ACDC, as you'll see as I go on. Uh, I, it, I mean, I was born in 1969. Their first album came out in 1975, I guess. So... A lot of these, most of these albums, all of these albums, I think except the newest one, is our go-back albums. They were already out by the time I bought them. Um, ah, should I say this now or should I save it for later? Uh, I'll, I'll save it for later about my um, little bit of a, a love-hate history with ACDC. I'll explain that as I go. So to start, ACDC has a very complex discography. They had... Uh, um, some in the early days, some uh, their first couple of albums were released only in Australia, and then um, later. I, I my point is, I'm not sure where to start, so I'm, I'm going to start with um, what I think is well. Th their first album was called uh, High Voltage, they, and but there were two high voltages. There was there was the first one, and then there was one two albums later, which was the first one was the Australian version. It was only released in Australia in 1975. And then they had a second album, and then High Voltage again was the third album, which was released internationally, which was a little bit different. As I said, it's complex, and I'm not a super diehard, hardcore ACDC fan that knows all the little differences, but some of the songs were a little bit different. They were a little bit longer or shorter. They faded out, or they they um, uh, uh, they, 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 they ended cold, so I'm not sure. But I'm going to start with, I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit, and I'm going to start with something a little bit different. With uh, this now, right off the bat, I'm I'm uh, maybe confusing people, and I'm maybe confusing myself. A couple of things with this '74 Jailbreak. It didn't come out in '74. It wasn't recorded in '74. I don't think it came out in '84. I think. Um, now, right away, I'm going to put that down. I'm going to go. I have to go to my notes here, as I mentioned in my preamble video. Uh, that's a word that that Tony Soprano likes to use. If you like Tony Soprano, you know that word uh, preamble. Um, so, so the first album was, uh, was, was, uh, High Voltage in 1975. Now, this is where it already gets confusing. So in, in 1975, they had, uh, High Voltage. And, well, I'll go through, I'll go through the tracks here. It was Baby Please Don't Go, which is on this album, Jailbreak. This, this was a, an EP, a five song EP. It was released in 1984. There was uh, mostly, I think, all from... Yeah, these are all five songs from uh, the original Australian version, 1975, of High Voltage. 
Uh, no, except one. Jailbreak is not. Uh, Jailbreak was on the original version of Dirty Deeds Thunder Chief. Uh, or Dirty Deeds Thunder Chief, which I'll explain. If I remember, I'll explain that when I get to it. Um, so the, the high voltage album, this is a disaster already. What word do you like? Do you like dumpster fire? Do you like train wreck? Do you like shit show? This is all of these. These are words that people seem to like and use. Um, okay, so I mean, let me put that album down. So the first album, High Voltage, which I don't have. Uh, I think it's very difficult to find anywhere. Um, I sure don't have it. So Baby Please Don't Go, which is on uh, Jailbreak. She's got Balls, which is not. Uh, Little Lover, Stick Around. Soul Stripper, which is on Jailbreak. Uh, you Ain't Got a Hold on Me, which is on Jailbreak. Love Song, which is not, and Show Business, which is on... Okay, so there are four songs that are on Jailbreak that were taken from the original Australian version of High Voltage in 1975, plus uh, Jailbreak, which was on the Australian version of Dirty Deeds Thunder Cheat. They released that in 1984. ACDC was really, really huge by then, and I think they were trying to get some people... They were trying to go dig into their catalog... And, uh, you know, get people familiar with these songs. Um, but so, so the first, uh, the, the first album, High Voltage. Um, I, a couple of things about it. I'm not too into this one. Love Song is kind of unique. That's the only ACDC really. I wouldn't say it's a full up ballad. It's not, uh, Every Rose Has Its Thorn or, or, uh, Heaven by Warrant or I Remember You by Skid Row. It's nothing like that. But that's as close as ACDC has ever come to a ballad, was Love Song. Um, I'm actually gonna, gonna not do that one. I'm, I'm just gonna focus on Jailbreak. So the songs on here, Jailbreak, man, I, I had a really strange relationship with that song. When it came out in 19, later, when, it, when I first heard it in 1984, um, I kind of loved, hated. I got sick of it because the, the video's on uh, much music all the time and all the metal shows, the midweek metal mania, power hour, the video is on that, and uh, I'm going to talk about my semi-hatred towards ACDC or ACDC later. Um, but when I when I I went years and years and years without hearing Jailbreak, and I love it now. That I would say it's even um, a favorite ACDC album. And in case you don't know, I'm going to talk about I talk about my favorite ACDC albums on not only on each album, but what I would consider the best ones ever in their catalog. Uh, other than that, you ain't got a hold on me. Show business and soul stripper. I don't have too much to say about any of those. They they were never favorites. I am not really even familiar with them. I do really like Baby Please Don't Go. Even that's a co a cover song. I'm not sure who did it originally, but it um, it sounds like it. I to me that sounds more like an ACDC song than than some of the other ones. So Baby Please Don't Go, a very up tempo, good ACDC uh, uh, cover cover song. So not not too much to say about uh, Jailbreak. 74 Jailbreak, not sure why they called it that. And um, I should say ACDC, I mentioned in my pre-production, uh, pre-pre-production, the preamble, that uh, the, the, the most electrifying name in rock. And I mentioned also in the last video that I did, with, which was Soundgarden, how much I love the name Soundgarden for a band. Maybe one of the best, and I mentioned there was another band that had a better name. Right here, ACDC. Maybe the best name ever for a band. It's... Uh, uh, what a what a great name and the, the a classic logo too could be the best name ever for a band and it really the the name ACDC really um, defines what they sound like they're very electric explosive fantastic name ACDC so jailbreak 
Now I'm going to go to uh, 74 jailbreak, just to be clear. So, ah, no, now then they came out, ah, this is so confusing. Dumpster, shit show, garbage fire, uh, what do you call it? Dumpster fire, train wreck, whatever, continues. Then also they, they put out TNT, an album which was also Australia only called TNT. And I have to go to the notes here. Which was basically, or became, the, the high voltage, which, which I'm going to talk about next. They're international. Um, so the TNT album, which was released, I think also only in Australia, had almost the exact same track listing as what was released later. Uh, is, is, if you know what I'm talking about, you should understand this. If you don't, it must be very, very uh, confusing. Um, so TNT had almost the same track listing as what they would later re-release as High Voltage. with So the international version of High Voltage, which was their third release, was basically the track listing of their second album, which was called TNT. Um, so TNT, let me, let me compare the track listing with uh, TNT with this one high here, high here, this one the High Voltage right here. Um, maybe, maybe there's one or two small differences. So this came out in 76, I think. And not only that, the, the track listing was a little bit, uh, the songs, some of the songs were a little bit different. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Uh, that could be one of my favorite ACDC songs ever. I love that song. I'm going to talk about also, uh, as I go on, about uh, Bon Scott versus Brian Johnson, as everybody likes to do, Sammy Hagar versus David Lee Roth, John Bush and Joey Belladonna, and, uh, you know, whoever else. Uh, rock and roll singer, the Jack Livewire. So, so far it's the same. TNT. Okay, that's the same. Rocker. Okay, now Rocker was on TNT, but it wasn't on this high voltage, although later it was on, uh, 30 Deeds Thunder Chief. 30 Deeds Thunder Chief. Uh, can I sit next to you, girl? Little Lover. Little Lover was on high voltage, but it wasn't on TNT. I think Little Lover was on the original high voltage and then high voltage. And School Days, a Chuck Berry song. So so that's TNT, let's say, but also I'm going to focus particularly on this. High Voltage Rock and Roll. And about my ACDC shirts, I, I have an ACDC High Voltage shirt. I never had any ACDC shirts, despite the fact that I've been listening to ACDC since, uh, well, I won't tell you when, but for a long, long time, decades. I'll, I'll talk about that when I get to it, when, when I got into ACDC. Um... Yeah, I got, uh, I was downtown here in Cuernavaca, I think it was about two years ago, with my friend Gary, and, uh, I, I found a couple of, uh, ACDC official, real ACDC shirts. I bought a high voltage one and a highway to hell one for, uh, they were, ooh, about two or three dollars American each. I don't know why I'm quoting an American dollar since I'm not from the United States and I don't live there. And I don't know if anybody from that country is watching this. But so that's my ACDC shirt history. And I said to my friend Gary, in all the years of decades I've listened to ACDC, I'd never had a, uh, an ACDC shirt. And I'll talk later about my concert history with ACDC. So getting back to this, uh, as I said, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. That's a great song. That's, uh, I, I would say one of my top ACDC songs. And it's kind of funny, that one and, um, uh, what else? Uh, high voltage. And ah, another ah, rock and roll singer. Yeah, it's a long way to the top. Rock and roll singer and high voltage are basically the same song. They all have that 
Very, very, and that of, of uh, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Um, I, I can maybe also now talk about people that, that talk about ACDC. Uh, you know, they put a new album out um, last week called Power Up, which I'm going to talk about probably in a long, long time. Now, in the, when, they, when they announced this album, I guess it was about uh, two or two, two months ago, maybe. And uh, I have a tendency to, to subject myself to pain and suffering by making the mistake of reading comments on, on websites, on, on websites or on Facebook or something like that. Even uh, Instagram, maybe Twitter. I don't use Twitter. There are a lot of people who think they're very smart or clever or insightful or funny that when ACDC is recording a new album or releasing an album, they they, they think it's it's one of those things to, to, to point out that uh, that it's the same, they've been recording the same album for 45 years and uh, every song sounds the same. And I, I kind of, uh, I mean, I, I understand that. They, ACDC does have a very, very general sound. I think they're very happy with that sound, otherwise they would change. You're not going to find any ska influences in ACDC. You're not going to hear horns or piano or uh, bongos or maracas or, you know, anything like that. Although bagpipes, and it's a long way to top if you want to rock and roll. But, um, yeah, you're, you're not being clever, clever or witty or insightful or original. You're being very cliche by pointing out that ACDC have been recording the same album and have been doing the same songs for this year. So just stop. You're really an embarrassment to, uh, I guess you're not an embarrassment to anybody because nobody really cares, but I'll say that. So I'll get that out of the way that yes, ACDC, they have the same style. All their albums definitely don't sound the same though. Don't confuse style with sound. Um, was that clear? Uh, what else can I say about here? The Jack, I hated the Jack. When, when that song, when I was a kid or a teenager and they used to play it on the radio, because that, that was a radio song. When I lived in Toronto, I used to listen to Q107 and they played the Jack on there. I didn't like that slow, bluesy style. I really like it now. I think the Jack is a, is a great song. Livewire is a late contender for one of my, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite ACDC songs, but I, I really, really like Livewire. Uh, TNT overplayed, but as I've said before, don't confuse overplayed with a song that sucks because TNT doesn't suck. It's a great song. I'm just really, really tired of it. Um, Can I Sit Next to You, Girl, and Little Lover? Those are kind of in the same vein as the Jack. They're those slower, bluesier ACDC songs that they, they used to do, I would say, especially in the old days. Maybe not as much in the more recent albums. Uh, she's got balls and high voltage. I like this album a lot. I should say I was very late to this album. I didn't get into the, the Bon Scott era until I, I would say it was 10 years ago, maybe, maybe even eight or nine years ago when I, you know, fully got all the ACDC catalog. And as I said, I, I think I'll talk about that. But yeah, th this is a really, really good album. And, uh, I think for most people, the, would consider this the first ACDC album, and amazing, I love it. This is a really, really good one. I'm, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I do like it a lot. So, high voltage, rock and roll. Next, kind of, I, I'm gonna maybe go a little bit out of order again here. In true order, this this next one, this is Dirty Deeds, Thunder Chief. Dirty Deeds, Thunder Chief. 
this came out in in true in the in the real catalog, uh, real uh, linear catalog. This did come out after high voltage. This was their, uh, I guess, in terms of what they recorded, this was their fourth album. This didn't come out in North America or I think anywhere outside of Australia until 1980 80 or 81. It came out after Back in Black. Uh, I never heard this until until it was re released in North America. Um, and I can tell you, this wasn't the first ACDC album I heard. I think it was... I'll still keep that for a secret. But when I heard this, I had already heard ACDC. It was a new album for me, although at that time it, it had been out for years. Uh, I love this one. This could be my favorite ACDC album. I did have this uh, as a, when I was a kid. I had this, uh, the record, the vinyl of it. People really like vinyl these days. At that time, vinyl was just the way that you listen to music. People didn't specify there was vinyl. But I love this. I love the, the pink logo. I love the album cover. And most importantly, I like the songs. Uh, Dirty Deeds Thunder Chief. Dirty Deeds Thunder Chief. I'm going to finally tell you what that means, as I've mentioned it already about five times. When I first heard this song on the radio in 80 or maybe it was 81, uh, before the, I guess the DJ said the title of the, the song after it had finished playing or before, I thought when I heard the song, I thought they were saying Dirty Deeds, Thunder Chief. Dirty, deed, dirty Deeds, Thunder Chief. That's what I thought. I was, what do you want? I was a dumb kid. Kids are stupid. I was 11. And uh, so I thought it was, I didn't know what Dirty Deeds Thunder Chief was. I still don't know what it is, but I know it's not Dirty Deeds Thunder Chief. But man, when I heard that song, that was my second, uh, I'm just giving it away where I got into ACDC. Um, oh my God, I, I couldn't believe how much I liked that song, Dirty Deeds Thunder Chief. And uh, so the rest of the album, I would say especially the first half of this album is just amazing. Love at first feel. Big Balls, again, you know, as, 11, as an 11-year-old kid, when you hear a song called Big Balls, um, uh, you know, you, you, you laugh and you snicker and you think, oh my God, this is like incredible. And I hope my, my mother doesn't hear this, but uh, I've got big balls, he's got big balls, she's got big balls, and they're such big balls, and dirty big balls, and we've got the biggest balls of them all. My balls are always bouncing, my balls are always full, and everybody comes and comes again. Um... What else? Uh, if your name is on the guest list and the one can take you higher, everybody says I've got great balls of fire. What else is in that song? Um, my balls are always bouncing from the left and to the right, but when they're held for... No, what else? Did I, I missed... I, I'm getting this all screwed up. But I, I love that song. Very fun ACDC song. Very double entendre ACDC song. Rocker. I'm a rocker. I'm a roller. That's... Uh, when I when I heard uh, Motorhead has a song called Black Leather Jacket, which is essentially, if you've never heard it, I love Motorhead. They're one of my favorite bands ever. I did a video of Motorhead. I've got a big uh, Motorhead tattoo here on my leg. And they have a song called Black Leather Jacket. And uh, it's it's essentially Motorhead doing doing their version of, uh, of Rocker. Rocker is an amazing song. And Problem Child, Problem Child could be in my very, very top ACDC songs. Um, and then the second half, I don't like it as much, but I, it's still a great album. Ride On is another one that I didn't really like at the time. One of those slow, mellow, uh, like, as I mentioned, the Jack, and um, a little bit maybe like Can I Sit Next to You, Girl, Little Lover, something like that. Ride On was never a favorite, although now I do like it a lot. So Dirty Deeds, Dunder Cheap was my second ACDC album. 
Uh, although it was their fourth album and it didn't come out until much later. A lot of confusion here. Excellent, amazing. And, and this is a huge album. This this really, uh, uh, I remember this This was, dirt, the, the title track was on the radio all the time. I love it. Dirty Deeds, Thunder Chief. Thunder Chief. Oh, I should say also Exodus. I love Exodus. I could ah, maybe do one of these videos about Exodus. Although I said this is my last episode and I'm not going to be like these bands that say that they're finished and they come back. So I'm not going to do Exodus. But I love Exodus. And Exodus on, uh, they had uh, uh, an album in 2003 or 2004 called Temple of the Dan, which is incredible. And they did a cover as, uh, I think it was a, uh, I don't know if it was the Japanese version or some kind of import version or a iTunes B-side or something. I don't know if iTunes existed back then, but Exodus did a cover of the title track, Dirty Deeds, Thunder Chief, and it's amazing. Really good. Very heavy. It sounds like, it sounds like Exodus doing ACDC, which it is, and, uh, it, it really sounds like it. Dirty Deeds, Thunder Chief. I love that album. Uh, better than High Voltage. Not because I don't like High Voltage, just because I love Dirty Deeds, Thunder Chief. Uh, which was, I guess, 76. Now, the next one was Let There Be Rock. I'm not sure if this was 76 or 77. Um, oh, it looks like 77. Uh, I, I know this is, I think this is a favorite. I think all the, the, these, these 70s ACDC albums, similar with Kiss, are, are really considered the classics. I'm, my, my opinion is a little bit, uh, maybe not you know, I, I wasn't into them, into them then. I had to go back and get into them. Uh, I don't think I like this as much as Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, but I will say that, uh, Let There Be Rock, the title track, that's a, that's a contender for top ACDC song ever. I love Let There Be Rock. And may I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, is it possible that Let There Be Rock was the first thrash metal song? It, it's not, I mean, true thrash metal. But it is very, very thrashy. It just, it, it sounds very aggressive. And, um, you could also maybe say, make the same argument for, um, Symptom of the Universe by Black Sabbath. Maybe even a little bit, although it was a few years later, Iron Maiden, the song Iron Maiden by the band Iron Maiden on the album Iron Maiden, just because it was faster. But, uh, man, Let There Be Rock is just so out of control, thrashy, crazy. Uh, it sounds like they're thrashing their instruments. Um, yeah, now Problem Child was on here. Was Problem Child on, on the, the North American version of, uh, yeah, Problem Child, I don't know if you can see it, was on the North American version of, uh, Dirty Deeds Thunder Cheap. And it is also on Let There Be Rock. It, it may have been, they may have been two a little bit different. I know one had a, the end had, they, they kind of, at the end of the song, they, uh, they repeated, I guess, like a coda or they went into it again. But as I said, I love Problem Child. Overdose, that's a good one. That, that was another one of the aforementioned Exodus. Exodus also, also did a cover of Overdose, which was my, my first exposure to that song. I heard that song. They did that Exodus covered Overdose on, um, Fabulous Disaster in 1989. And I'd never heard the, the ACDC version at that point, but I love the Exodus version. I think that was also a bonus, uh, uh, like a B-side or something, maybe a, the Toxic Waltz single. Um, but Overdose is a very good, very heavy, I would say this is kind of a heavy album, ACDC is not, and I can, uh, maybe I'll, I'll take this to talk about genres, people like genres, or some people hate genres, um, for me, ACDC, at least for sure back then, is a heavy metal band, back then, there, there was no, people weren't as, as obsessed about genres, 
there weren't as many genres that existed. And if you, people that liked ACDC also liked uh, Van Halen and Black Sabbath and Kiss. And that was all considered heavy metal. And I know if you want to tell me that, well, ACDC never said they're heavy metal. And Lemmy never said that Motorhead was heavy metal. Unfortunately, the bands don't get to decide what people call their music. And I and all my friends, we called ACDC heavy metal. And we called Motorhead heavy metal. And we probably called Van Halen heavy metal. If it had loud guitars and, um, you know, a guy screaming and they had long hair and it was aggressive music, it was, it was heavy metal. Um, but this album is, I would say, heavier than, maybe not as, uh, ACDC, I mean, now you can say they're a hard rock band, but back then I would say heavy metal. But this was a pretty heavy album as far as ACDC goes. And Whole Lot of Rosie is the last one. That's a classic. That's a, one of the, an ACDC staple. So this album, also very good. You, you can't really, as you'll see as I continue, you can't really go wrong with any of the Bon Scott albums. They're, they're really, really good. So Let There Be Rock, title track, fantastic. One of the, one of the best ACDC songs for sure. 1977. Let there be sound, let there be light, let there be drums, let there be guitar. Oh, let there be rock. I love it. Next was uh, 19, was this also 77 or 78? I'm not sure. 78, this is 78. This was Powerage. And this, uh, something I can say about this, the the or about ACDC in general as, as it relates to this album, uh, I didn't realize, as I said, I didn't get into ACDC fully, really, ah, get into ACDC until later. So I didn't realize until later how many bands that I liked that came out in the 80s and 90s and maybe even later were influenced by ACDC, especially this old ACDC. Now, especially the first song on Powerage is called, uh, no, sorry, the second song is Down, Down Payment Blues. And there is a, there was a band called Four Horsemen, who I really, really like. Their, 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 um, I think first album, uh, Nobody Said It Was Easy, came out in 1990. And, um, I think that Four Horsemen were just a little bit late on the, uh, that kind of 80s hard rock hair metal, if you, if you prefer to call it that. Uh, but it, although it wasn't hair metal, it was more, a little bit more in the Guns N' Roses, Faster Pussycat vein. Uh, but, uh, they had a song called, uh, Rockin' Is My Business. Rockin' is my business. I didn't realize it at the time because I didn't know the song Down Payment Blues. But uh, Rockin' is my business by the Four Horsemen in 1990. Oh man, it sounds exactly like Down Payment Blues by ACDC in 1978. And that's a, it's a great song. Uh, Riff Raff, that's uh, also a very, very top, uh, a contender for the very top ACDC song. Oh man, I love that one. It's, uh, it's good for a laugh, ha <laughs> ha. Sin City is another one. That could be another, uh, just explosive. This, this album is also pretty heavy. Um, Sin City, da, 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 da. That sounds, that's not a good representation of how ACDC sounds, but you know how ACDC sounds. And Sin City is, uh, as good as any of them. What else? Uh, I, I like this album a lot. Uh, Kicked in the Teeth. It's, um, that one, did that sound like, was that sound like somebody else? That was, that's another, I wouldn't say a top favorite, but, uh, can I do it? Do I have it in me? I, I feel it, uh, Two-Faced Woman with your Two-Faced Lies! I don't know how Bon Scott can sing like that, cause I, I can't. Uh, can I do better than that? 
No, I can't. I'm not going to do it again. Two-Faced Woman with Your Two-Faced two Lies. I love that song. Um, also could be similar to Livewire. Motley Crue, I think, ripped off a lot of ACDC song titles. They had Bad Boy Boogie. Um, uh, Livewire, of course. Kicked in the Teeth, ACDC. Motley Crue had Kicked in the Teeth by Love. And uh, maybe maybe something else as I come to it. Maybe I'll see. But... Uh, yeah, this album is really good. I think a lot of... I don't know, to be honest, I don't know which ACDC album is considered the fan favorite. I know Kiss, everybody loves... Uh, probably Destroyer is considered their best... The best 70s Kiss album. And uh, ah, even... Ah, let's say Black Sabbath could be like ACDC. Everybody loves the first six. Um, this could be my favorite of the, the Bon Scott uh, era. I'm not sure. And I, I have a different opinion on this, or I have a different viewpoint of it, because I got these got into these much later. Two-Faced Woman with your two-faced lies! I had to try to do the better one. Those are probably both really bad. I'll have to watch this and see how bad I sounded, but I felt I really had it in me. And my cat is over here sleeping. She doesn't care. So, Powerage. And now this this was, um, you could see a, a pattern forming, kind of strange about ACDC, going back to Let There Be Rock. I mentioned with Soundgarden, all their albums look like live albums. Let There Be Rock, didn't that look like a live album? Uh, it's, it's them playing on the stage. And um, but, but I think Powerage was the first, no, High Voltage, I guess, was the first one that was just Angus Young on the cover. And then Powerage, just Angus Young. Now, they were all on the back. But I, I guess they, they were trying to, uh, to, to really say that Angus Young was the star of the show. And also, speaking about these common, common commenters, uh, who, who make these, you know, really insightful comments that say, uh, now that Angus Young is 65 years old and he's still wearing a schoolboy outfit. I don't know why you think that's necessary to say, yes, it's, it's, he's been doing it. He's, he's not a schoolboy. He's 65 years old. Who cares? Stop, stop making your stupid comments. Uh, so Powerix, let me show you one more time. I love it. It's a good one. Maybe my favorite. Next, now after uh, when they did the Powerix tour, they did uh, a live album. This was, I guess, in the 70s when live albums were becoming a thing. Um, I've, I've talked before about live albums. I love uh, Live After Death, Iron Maiden. No, Kiss Alive for sure is my favorite live album. Uh, Live After Death is for sure number two. I love Worldwide Live, Scorpions. Um, this one, because I only got into it fairly recently, considering how old it is. I can't say too much about it. Riff Raff, it opens with Riff Raff, which is great. Um, the Jack, Problem Child, Whole Lot of Rosie, High Voltage, Let There Be Rock. Rocker, it, they close with Rocker, and they did it differently um, live than on the uh, on um, uh, Dirty Deeds, Thunder Cheap. So this one, I can't say it's a bad album. It's just in, in terms of live albums, I think you have to uh, you have to be there at the time they come out. You, you, it's hard to go back and listen to a live album. I think this is considered a classic, but for me, it was it, it came along. I came, I discovered it far too late for it to really have any impact on me. But uh, now this was a live album, and it did look like it, so that was good. Although I think that would have been a cool. Uh, I, I love that one. The the back. Photo is, is great. Uh, yeah, so not too much to, to say about this. Uh, about uh, oh, and I did I mention the title? This is if you want blood, you've got it, which was a song on the next album, which I'm going to talk about 
right now as I put this down and pick up the next one. Highway to Hell. This was there. I guess I didn't realize at the time how big they were. I didn't. Um, I didn't know that this was such a huge album at the time. This came out in 1979. Of course, it was Bon Scott's last album. This is also a good one. Uh, the title track, Highway to Hell. Every single person in the world knows this. You could go to the, uh, you know, some jungle in the middle of the rainforest in Brazil, and and people would be singing Highway to Hell. You could go to the. The, the, the rice fields, the rice paddies in somewhere in, in Southeast Asia, and they would be, you know, they would have, they would have Highway to Hell playing on the radio there, I think. Uh, Girls Got Rhythm. Ha! Let me, let me take a second to talk about, uh, Girls Got Rhythm and something about ACDC, uh, with the, with their punctuation. In my mind, it should be Girls Possessive. Girl apostrophe S. Got Rhythm. And there are, there are a lot of things with ACDC where I, they, I think, did they make a mistake or what it is? But that, that always, I can't say it bothered me a little bit, but, um, I do notice I am given the dog a bone on, uh, back in black. It should be given, G-I-V-I-N apostrophe, like giving, given. But the, I think they print it as given, like the past parcel of give, like I have given. Um, I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. I can't say it bothers me, but it is something that I notice. Uh, it's not worth getting upset over. Um, my friend Jason Satterfield, he would get upset about that. He's the, I think, the undisputed heavyweight champion of, of getting upset over excruciating minutia. Jason, hello. Uh, what else? Oh, Walk All Over You. That's a very, very heavy song. Walk All Over You is great. Um, I think Twisted Sister covered that, or Dee Snider. Heavy, really good one. Beating Around the Bush, that's another one that I didn't know at the time because I didn't hear this till many, many, many years later. One of my favorite bands of the last 20 years is called Broken Teeth. Uh, I, unlike Broken Tooth, which I have, uh, Broken Teeth is one of my favorite bands, which I've, I did, uh, I went through their discography a few months ago. The incredibly, at, at, when I was getting into Broken Teeth, their first few albums, I wasn't really familiar with old Bon Scott era ACDC, and I didn't realize how much they really, really lifted from ACDC. And beating around the bush, uh, especially the the opening riff, it's um, almost exactly like call my own lady messing around again, dancing with the girl because she loves us in. She's gonna blow. There's a song uh, on the first Broken Teeth album in 1999, 20 years after this, called "She's Gonna Blow," exactly like beating around the bush, and I love that song. Beating around the bush is excellent. Um, what else? If you want blood, you've got it. Uh, that could possibly be. My number one ACDC song ever. I love that song. It's just very, very aggressive. It, it sounds like, um, like, like, like they're, they're just hitting their instruments. I, I love If You Want Blood, You've Got It. Um, love Hungry Man, Night Prowler. Oh, I should say also on, uh, what song was it? What album was it on? Ah, cause it's not listed on, um, on Let There Be Rock. It's not listed on here, but I, I downloaded from the international version a song called Crabsody in Blue. And I love Crabsody in Blue. That's a, I did, as I mentioned, I didn't like the, those kind of bluesy, slow, mellow ACDC songs, but Crabsody in Blue from the, I think it was from the Australian version of Let There Be Rock. I love it. That could possibly be, um, uh, Bon Scott's best vocal ever. It almost doesn't sound like him. It's, I, I mean that in a good way. He just sounds very, very different. So I forgot to mention Crabsy and Blue, um, just because I'm, I'm thinking about here they're they're kind of bluesier, slower songs. Um, 
So yeah, this is uh, yeah, Girls Got Rhythm. That's a great song. I mentioned the the uh, punctuation, but I didn't mention how much I love that song. So and Highway to Hell, you could obviously put that in the same category as TNT. Everybody knows that song. It's not bad. It's just overplayed, and it's not necessarily something that you would ever put on. When it comes on the radio, you you know you 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 tap your foot and you you maybe nod your head, but it's not something you enjoy. But it is a great song. Favorite from this album, from for sure, is if you want blood, you've got it. Could be a top one ever. Uh, but beating around the bush is is one that I've gotten into in more recent years. So so Highwood Hell, everybody knows this. This was produced by uh, Mutt Lang. This was the first of three that he produced. Now talking about the ACDC sound, I think up to this point, all their albums. Let me go back and check. I think every album was produced by. Uh, uh, yeah, George, was it George Young? Yeah, I guess it was, uh, Malcolm and, and Angus's brother or cousin. George Young and Vanda. Vanda and Young. Uh, high voltage. Can't find it, but I, I think it was also. Um, produced by Vanda and Young. Dirty Deeds Thunder Cheap. Vanda and Young, Let There Be Rock. Mm, can't find the production credit on uh, Powerage, but I, I think they're all so the, the a, a Highway to Hell was the first one I think that was produced by um, that was not produced by Vanda and Young, and I don't know if that really mattered. I think ACDC they know what they want to sound like, and um, maybe a lot of people would credit um, Mutt Lang for for uh, for. Making ACDC superstars. I think it's the song more than anything. I talked about that with uh, Metallica, just because Fleming Rasmussen produced Master of Puppets. That that's not why people love Master of Puppets. They they liked it because of Disposable Heroes and uh, Leper Messiah and Damage Incorporated and the Battery and the thing that should not be in the title track and Orion and uh, Sanitarium. And that's why people liked it and people like Highway to Hell because of uh, kicked uh, not kicked in the teeth, beating around the bush. And shot down in flames, and love hungry man, and uh, girls got rhythm. That's why people liked uh, Highway to Hell, not because of Mutt Lang. Uh, now speaking of Mutt Lang, their next album. Now I should say everybody knows, and I mentioned earlier, Bon Scott died in um, Highway to Hell. Came out in '79. The next one, Back in Black, came out in 1980. Uh, bon Scott died. I don't know if it was the end of '79 or the beginning of '80. But, but he died then. And so they put out uh, Back in Black, as you can see. What can you say about Back in Black? Um, I will tell you. I know what I can say about it. I can say that this is the first ACDC album that I ever got. In the beginning of this video, I talked about uh, my ACDC history, that they were the second or third band I ever got into. Either It was either uh, Paranoid or Back in Black. I got both of those around the same time. Sometime in 1980, the difference was Back in Black at that point was a new album, and uh, Paranoid was, was 10 years old at that point. So ACDC was a huge, huge band for me. So to hear this kind of music, at that point, I only really knew Kiss. And Kiss was um, pretty explosive, too. Again, you could say, excuse me, a heavy metal band or a metal band or hard rock, whatever you want to call them. But for me to hear ACDC... And uh, a guy that I've talked about in several of the videos, I think with Van Halen and uh, Iron Maiden for sure, um, a guy that lived across the street from me, my friend called Vince Farrell. And I think he had this before I did. I, I listened to it at his house. And I couldn't believe 
And I thought at the time, when I was 10 years old in 1980, when I, when I got this or when, when I first heard it, and even think of it now, what a, what a heavy, dark album this is. This, this sounded very sinister. I think Brian Johnson, who of course, everybody knows, was Bon Scott's repla replacement. Brian Johnson, I don't know if it was because I was 10 years old. I thought his, his voice sounded very sinister. He was scary. And they had a song called Hell's Bells. And, and the, you know, that was just, uh, and, and these songs were on out given, how I mentioned earlier. I think they, this is different. Given is not the past parcel, is the past. Um, the, this was a, a very dark, heavy album. I think, I don't know if it was just the fact that it was black or that, that it was heavy, but the, the beginning, the, the intro of Hell's Bells, not just the bell tolling, but the, um, I'm not going to sing the, the guitar part, but I think a very different sound. And I mean, maybe um, Walk All Over You had that kind of dark heaviness to it, but this album really, really had it for sure. Again, I'm not sure what to say about this album that anybody doesn't know or that, that I could say that, that uh, anybody else hasn't said for the last 40 years. This is the, I think, the second biggest selling album, studio album of all time. I think Thriller, Michael Jackson, of course, is number one. I think Back in Black is number two. Maybe the Eagles... Uh, had more, but that was a greatest hits album. I think for a new studio album, I think Back in Black was number two. And uh, it, it was a big album at the time, but this didn't become bigger until, I mean, an explosive album, I think until some years later. I'm not sure what happened to make ACDC such a big band, but when I got this album, oh, that that uh, that really changed things for me musically. I was already into um, Kiss, as I said, and maybe Black Sabbath. And shortly after this, it was um, Van Halen and and uh, Iron Maiden and Ozzy solo. Uh, but but this one really really was a heavy one. And speaking of broken teeth, I mentioned earlier broken teeth. Uh, the comparison between um, she's going to blow on the first broken teeth album with beating around the bush on the highway to hell. Uh, broken teeth did a cover of uh, What Do You Do for Money, Honey. There was a Back in Black tribute album some years ago, maybe six or seven or eight years ago and it was a bunch of different artists each each artist each band covered uh, a song from um, back in black and they put i think it was called back in black redux and some people say it's redo but i think it's redux and uh broken teeth did what do you do for money honey oh man it's just perfect jason mcmaster really 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 does brian johnson well better than anybody maybe even better than brian johnson Favorite song on this album, when I was a kid, it was always rock and roll, ain't noise, pollution. Um, now, mm, maybe it still is rock and roll, ain't noise, pollution. That's, uh, I sometimes wonder where you park your broom. <laughs> I think that's in rock and roll, ain't noise, pollution. But that, that's a good one. No, I love that one. Also, I love, uh, what do you do for money, honey? I great, is great. Uh, shoot the thrill, giving the dog a bone. Have a drink on me. When I was a kid, I didn't really appreciate that because it was all about booze and I was 10 years old. Um, shake a leg. You shook me all night long. Um, now that, that's arguably in some ways ACDC's biggest song. In some ways it's bigger than, uh, um, TNT and it's bigger than, what was the other? Oh, Highway to Hell. Uh, that, that was a stripper song. I think probably every stripper in the world you could find people Women in the Amazon rainforest probably doing pole dances to uh, uh, You Shook Me All Night Long and you could go to the rice paddies in, in uh, Vietnam and find um, 
Vietnamese women pole dancing in the rice paddies till you shook me all night long. That, but, and that, that's another, it's hard to look at a song when it becomes so popular and when people that aren't fan, typically, that aren't typically fans of the band, that band, when they start to like that songs, you start to see it differently. So again, just like these other songs I've mentioned, uh, you could say Crazy Train is like this or, uh, I don't know, Rock and Roll All Night. It's not a bad song, but I, I just can't, I would never say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to, uh, You Shook Me All Night Long tonight, but it is a, it is a great song. Um, and, and what a great album. I, it, it's, it's hard for me not to say that this is my favorite ACDC album. Um, and it does have the, uh, the embossed back in black print here, just like the album did when I was 10 years old. Um, yeah, this, this, uh, it, it's hard to say that this isn't my favorite. Yeah, it's a good one. I listened to it, uh, and I think this was the, uh, this was the, not I think this was the 40th anniversary of Back in Black. So yeah, it's a classic. I loved it. I loved it then. I loved it now. Uh, and I think also ACDC is a band that it, it's kind of hard to not like ACDC. You don't, I mean, my mother doesn't like ACDC, but I mean, for people who like rock music, whether they're, they're old, I'm 51. And whether you're my age or a little bit older, if you got into ACDC in the 70s and you're a little bit older than me, or if you're in your 20s now, um, and you're a music fan, everybody likes ACDC. There, there's just, they, um, in some ways there, except my friend Rick, I mentioned ACDC to him, uh, earlier this week and he turned his nose up. So Rick, uh, you're, you're one of the very few. I understand if people don't love ACDC. I think ACDC is a band that everybody can enjoy. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're very accessible. They're, you know, they, they have good, fun songs and, uh, they're very energetic. So, uh, ACDC, a band for the people. Uh, now, I should say, it was after this, and I've already shown it, but um, when this became such a big album, this was their real breakthrough, I guess, in uh, in North America. Anyway, they released um, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap, uh, in, instead of being Australia only, from four or five years earlier. They released it in North America, and it was huge. That was my, And I thought at the time, when I first heard um, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap, and I said it was ACDC, I thought it was a new album. Uh, I, I didn't know if, and I can't remember if I knew at the time that it was a different singer or if I thought, wow, this guy sounds different than the guy who sings on uh, Back in Black. I don't know if I thought that or not. But uh, I do remember thinking that it was a new ACDC album. But so, so the record company, they went to cash in. They said, oh, if you like Back in Black, let's go back and show you this one. So, but their next uh, proper album was For Those About to Rock. Now, I'll tell you that this was... At the time, I liked this even more than Back in Black. I love this. This came out in 1981. I remember distinctly, I got this for Christmas in 1981. And uh, again, I, I loved it then. I love it now. I listened to this in Back in Black uh, last week. And I'm, I'm still not sure that I, I might like this album better than uh, than Back in Black. I, I don't like to say that. It almost seems like if you're saying it now, you're just being anti-trendy because Back in Black is so popular and you... You know, you don't want to like what's popular. But uh, I, I loved this album, and I still love it. The title track for those about to rock is, uh, I think it's still their signature song. They've they've been, I think, closing their shows with that song, I think ever since this album came out in 81. Uh, ah, I just realized something. This CD has, ha, ah, the track two is called 
I put the finger on you. I'm sure it's called put the finger on you. I never noticed that. Um, I'm going to have to check that. I, I, I swear I remember it was called just put the finger on you, not I put the finger on you. Uh, let's get it up was always a favorite. Inject the Venom, V-E-N-O-M. Love that song, Snowball, Evil Walks, and C-O-D. C-O-D, Care of the Devil, those are great. Yeah, maybe I do like this one better than uh, than Back in Black. Breaking the Rules, Night of Long Knives, and Spellbound. This is a really, really good album. This is the, the third of three that was produced by Mutt Lang. And um, I, I would say this sounded exactly like Back in Black. Sonically, um, similar with, I talk about this with Iron Maiden, um, Peace of Mind and Power Slave, 83 and 84. It sounds like, or the Rat albums, you could say almost all the Rat albums, it sounded like they recorded it all at the same time, and then just they, I know they didn't do that, but I'm saying that Back in Black sounds so, or uh, for those about to rock, sounds so similar to um, Back in Black. It sounds like they went into the studio, recorded the 10 songs for Back in Black, left, went on tour, left everything in the studio, all the guitars, no one touched anything, they came back and they recorded For Those About to Rock. Or they recorded the 20 songs and they put 10 and 10. I know they didn't do that. And I hope you understand what I'm saying. But it sounds exactly. But I think they both sound different than Highway to Hell. Not just because of Brian Johnson, but I think everything sounded different. Um, so I, I love this album. This is could also be considered a favorite. Uh, Back in Black and For Those About to Rock. Could be, could be my possibly top two albums. It's, it's hard for, well, I'll talk about that later, if I remember. Um, moving on, 1983, flick of the switch, uh, going back to having only Angus Young on the cover. I really like this album cover. It's really cool. I like this. It's just so simple, like a, just a, a black and white sketch, like a, I don't know if it's like a charcoal sketch, but I, I like this album cover a lot. Um, as for this album, and I'll tell you, this is the last ACDC album I bought until, let me see, until last week. I didn't buy another ACDC album until last week, from 1983. So I got this, and um, I'm not sure why, but I never got into it. To me, it sounded just like, uh, this one was produced by the band. This was produced by ACDC, is the first one that they self-produced. I don't think this really sounded any different than the, the previous two with Brian Johnson, for those about to rock and back in black. I think the songs were almost just as good, but I don't know why I never got into this. Although I will say Flick of the Switch, the title track, is, uh, that's, I don't know if it's one of my top ACDC songs ever. It's one of my top Brian Johnson songs ever. I love that song. Flick of the Switch could be easily on, um, uh, Back in Black or For Those About to Rock. Other than that, I really never got into this. I, I know the song titles, uh, uh, Bedlam in Belgium, was that in this one? Yeah, it was on this one, Badlands. Um, I'm really unfamiliar with this one. And I'm not sure why. I've talked about this before when I talk about these albums with other bands. I think I gotta go back, I gotta go back and revisit it. Um, which, which I guess I have to do with this one. But this album didn't really take off. I, I don't remember any of these songs being played on the radio. I don't remember, I think there was a video, I don't know if the video was for Flick of the Switch. I think it was just like a live performance video. But this album didn't really go anywhere. Now I'm going to talk about my concert history with ACDC. I know you've all been waiting. This is always the, the star of the show when I talk about my concert history with these uh, with these bands. I've never seen ACDC. 
So that's my concert history. But I will tell a little story vicariously through a friend of mine called Jeff Simpsons. Um, and I don't know why I ever, I do know why I never saw ACDC. I'll maybe talk about that as I go on. And when I was really, really into them in 80, 81, 82, 83, I was too young to go to concerts. My first concert was 84, Ozzy. But my friend Jeff Simpsons, um, I'm sure I remember the story from, what was that, 37 years ago? He went to see them with, I think, another friend of mine and a friend of his, a mutual friend. Uh, I think it was Simon Overington. And uh, they, I lived in Scarborough in the east of, uh, sorry, in Toronto, in the east of Toronto called Scarborough. And they were ACDC who was playing at Maple Leaf Gardens on that tour and on Flick of the Switch. And it was, it was a kind of a, a trip to go from Scarborough to downtown Toronto, Maple Leaf Gardens. Um, I think to drive was probably a 45 minute drive uh, to go if you took by bus, you had to take, I think, two buses and then two subways. And so my friend Jeff Simpsons and I think Simon Overington, I'm not sure who else went, they got all the way down there. I think it was uh, someone's mother drove them down there. They got down there and they forgot their tickets. They had their tickets at the house in Scarborough and they had to go all the way back to Scarborough to get their tickets. I'm not sure if they missed part of the show or not, but that's the best I could do. What do you want for an ACDC concert story? If you want a real ACDC concert story, you have to listen to uh, and watch Ticket Stubs podcast with my friend Kevin Montemont, because I don't have any. Um, what else after Flick of the Switch 83? Um, Fly on the Wall 85. This album sucked. I'm not sure if it sucked. At this point, this was 1985. Now, 1985... I didn't buy this, as I mentioned. Flick of the Switch was the last one I bought. To be honest with you, I bought this last week. Uh, I, I came across it. It was it was really cheap. It was like I don't know five or six bucks U.S. I thought, oh, okay, I'll get it just to you know fill in my collection. Also, I think I never listened to this whole album um, and, until I got this last week. And I think the reason was at, at that point in 1985, similar to I talked about this when uh, when I talked about Led Zeppelin. And when I talk about The Doors, I had a little bit of a bad attitude towards some bands back then. I, I was, uh, they were, I think at that point in 85, I was into, you know, newer bands. I, I loved Rat and still do. I love Rat. Motley Crue, uh, Iron Maiden, Metallica in 85, also Slayer, Anthrax. Um, and to me, I guess at that point, ACDC were the old guys. They, they were kind of maybe like how, maybe I saw Kiss a little bit like that. Um, but I, I just, I thought, wow, what do I, why would I listen to ACDC when I can listen to Rat? And I, I don't think I actually thought that. I think it was a, you know, it was subconscious. But I, I just never, so I never bought this album. But it was in, you know, I used to buy Circus Magazine and Hit Parader and, uh, I guess those were the two big ones. And they were in them. ACDC, there were ads for Fly on the Wall, and uh, there, were, there were stories about them. And they were touring. I, I remember, I think they played in Toronto on that tour with Loudness from Japan. Um, and on this album, the only two songs that I really know are uh, Shake Your Foundations and Sink the Pink. Ah, yeah, yeah, Shake Your Foundations and Sink the Pink. There were videos for both those, and they, those got moderate play. The videos got moderate play. Other than that, and I, now this one, um, I see it was produced by Angus and Malcolm Young, compared to Flick of the Switch was produced by ACDC. Yeah, it says produced by ACDC, which I'm sure was Angus and Malcolm, and they maybe made it a little bit more clear here to say that it was Angus and Malcolm. This, this had a, this, this didn't, this was not a good sounding album. I don't know if it was, 
and I wouldn't blame it on the on Angus and Malcolm because presumably they they produced Flick of the Switch, which did which did sound good. I think maybe this was just, and I don't like to, to say this because it makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about, and I don't. Maybe it was just the 80s production of Fly in the Wall. That was how bands sounded back then. The vocals on this were, seemed very kind of low, you know, kind of buried a little bit. Um, I don't know if the sound was, I don't know if it was reverby or something, but it just, just wasn't a good sounding album. The songs, I'm not even sure about the songs. Um, because, like I said, I'm only familiar with Shaker Foundations and uh, Sink the Pink. So, yeah, this one, not really too sure about it. I do like the, the album cover. For me, it might be the, the best uh, ACDC album cover. I really like it. Maybe some, some, some people don't, but I like it a lot. As for this album, yeah, I really can't say too much about it. It's not a favorite at all. I got it just to add to the collection last week, as I said, just because it was cheap. Oh, and also at this point now... Um, Simon Wright was the drummer. Phil Rudd, the drummer, uh, was gone, and Simon Wright replaced him. I doubt that had anything to do with it. Um, ACDC was never about the, the drummer, although people claim to love Phil Rudd. Although the smart people that I mentioned are making comments about how Angus Young is still wearing a schoolboy uniform at 65 and how all ACDC songs sound the same. These are the same people that say Phil Rudd has never played a drum fill in his life, and I don't care. But uh, I, I think also a lot of people, they don't like when when bands change members. So maybe some people, when they saw that um, uh, Phil Rudd was gone, they didn't like this. So I think Phil Rudd left in the middle of the Flick of the Switch tour or before. He, I know he was on the album, but I don't know. So uh, Fly the Wall to me was, was ACDC in the, in the new realm of, if you call it hair metal or newer, not new metal like Korn or Limp Bizkit or Deftones, but new hard rock at that time. ACDC just didn't fit in with um, uh, Rat and Motley Crue and Metallica. So that was it. Uh, after that, Fly in the Wall, I don't have it, but they, they did, uh, I'm not gonna talk about this much, they did Who Made Who, which was, uh, I think that was 86. It was kind of a weird album. It, who Made Who was the song. Who Made Who, Who Made You. And it, it was a pretty big song. I think it was much bigger than anything from Fly in the Wall or Flick of the Switch. But it was a weird album because it wasn't exactly a new album. It wasn't exactly a greatest hits album. It wasn't exactly uh, a soundtrack album. Although you could make cases for all three of those being true. It was kind of a greatest hits because um, You Shook Me All Night Long was on it. I Maybe Ride On was on it. or uh, there, there were a couple of old songs. Highway to Hell, I'm not sure. Um, there were three, two or three or four new songs. Who Made Who? And I think a couple of instrumentals. And um, I think it was promoted as being part of the Maximum Overdrive soundtrack, this uh, Stephen King movie. So Who Made Who, I never bought that, didn't care about that. The song Who Made Who, I didn't even like it at the time. I guess it's okay now, because I haven't heard it for so long. And as I've said before, sometimes you need some time away. And uh, Who Made Who sounds pretty good now, but I wouldn't buy the album. Uh, so their next proper studio album is uh, Blow Up Your Video. And this came out in 1988, and I, at the time, I thought it was a strange album title, and I still think it's now. Still think it is now. I'm not sure why they, why they call it Blow Up Your Video. This is another one like Flying the Wall. I just got this last week. Same thing. It was like, you know, five or six bucks US. I thought I'll, you know, continue uh, gradually maybe filling in my ACDC collection. I will tell you, as a spoiler continuing, 
This is the last ACDC album that I bought until a week ago. So the next ones, I didn't buy any of them. Blow up your video. Yeah, this album, should I say it sucks? I don't really like to say that. It seems too easy to say that. I just, this, this album just never caught on with me. Maybe by 88, I was in full out thrash mode. And um, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I just didn't like it. Even, I guess the only songs I really know on this are Heat Seeker and That's the Way I Want to Rock and Roll. And I never particularly liked any of those. This album is also, I think, the worst sounding ACDC album. It just didn't sound very good. And who produced this? Ah, this was Vanda and Young. So this was Harry Vanda and George Young, like the first, the, the Bon Scott album. So... I guess that shows you production doesn't mean too much or the producer's name doesn't mean too much. Um, yeah, nothing nothing else to say about this. Although I should say Two's Up uh, is a very strange, maybe one of the most unique sounding ACDC songs. It, it doesn't, I mean, it sounds like ACDC. You're going to hear it and you're, you know it's ACDC. But it is strange ACDC. It's not, not good or bad. It's just kind of unique. Um, yeah, so this album was... I, I would say this is, the, I can't say the worst, my least favorite AC, maybe not, huh? there's one later, maybe that could be even lower, but at least for the, you know, going back into the 80s, this, this album for me, Blow Up Your Video was not very good, um, maybe I get into it too late, but I didn't, I didn't, like I said, I didn't like the singles at the time either, so uh, Blow Up Your Video, 1988, so, so as I said, that was the last one, which means I have to go to the notes. All right, so after that came, um, what was the next one that came after that? Was it Ball Breaker or Stiff Ah, it was Ball Breaker. Let me find uh, the track listing here for Ball Breaker. If anybody remembers Miss Ball Breaker from uh, Porky's, classic Canadian movie. Uh, oh no, was it? No, 1995. No, what came out before Ball Breaker? Maybe, maybe that was it. Okay, yeah, we'll go with Ball Breaker. It says 95. It seems that... It, they, did they go seven years between an album? All right. Um, yeah, Ball Breaker, again... Ah, this is produced by Rick Rubin. Yeah, I remember that. Rick Rubin and uh, somebody else produced this. Who cares? ACDC, they know what they need to sound like. I'm not sure why they had, um, uh, you know, these big-name producers later. Rick Rubin and uh, Brendan O'Brien and... Bruce Fairburn. Ah, no, I forgot about... Ha, how could I forget? No, I missed The Razor's Edge. Forget what I said about Ball Breaker. I'm going to go to The Razor's Edge. The Razor's Edge was one that I didn't listen to in full until last week. That's a great album. I don't know why I... I think at that point I had given up on, on ACDC. And I guess I just refused to... To, to embrace them or to, to you know, to buy their stuff. So I, I knew that everybody... Again, I, I would say Thunderstruck... You could put it in the category of um, You Shook Me All Night Long and TNT and uh, Highway to Hell. Huge, massive song. And I, I didn't like it that much at the time. And over the years, I, I really hated it just because I got so sick of it. It's, it was uh, you know played at every sporting event. It was played on the radio. It was played at bars. It was played at strip clubs. It was played at parties. It was played at, you know, people were driving by in their cars. And they were playing... Um, Thunderstruck, and the other single, singles were uh, Money Talks and Are You Ready? And I, I thought, nah, I didn't really think much of those at the time. When I listened to them last week, man, I, I really liked them. 
And I should say also about, uh, let me see, there were like quite a few songs on here that I really liked that I never knew about. I, and I should say, it's a great sounding ACDC album. Maybe one of the best ones ever. For sure, much, much better sounding sonically than um, um, Blow Up Your Video and Fly on the Wall. Who produced The Razor's Edge? I think that was Bruce Fairburn. It was. Um, ha, I'm just seeing this now that, ha, Mistress for Christmas was about Donald Trump in 1990. I never knew that. Um, let me see the track list for The Razor's Edge. This, this shot ACDC back into superstardom. They, you know, they, with Back in Black and, uh, for those about to rock, they were huge. And then they, they started going down, not, not just with me. I think my opinion of them or my view of them was pretty similar to, to the way the general public perceived them. This album was huge. The Razor's Edge was huge. Let me see. Ah, Fire Your Guns was also a good song when I listened to this last week. Uh, the Razor's Edge, the title track was good. Rock Your Heart Out, horrible title. It sounds like a, I don't know, a Y&T or a Dawkins song or a Keel or something or ACDC. But good song, Rock Your Heart Out. Um, oh, and If You Dare, the last song, when I listened to that last week, I was listening to it with my headphones, I was out walking, and I kind of um, had, you know, drifted away. I, I mean, I was listening to it, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. And when If You Dare came on, I noticed the guitar solo. I thought, man, this sounds like a fucking great guitar solo. And I don't really say that about a lot of... Um, a lot of songs, and especially about ACDC, but If You Dare is a really, really good ACDC song. So I'd say on this, um, Razor's Edge, Thunderstruck, Fire Your Guns, Money Talks, Razor's Edge, the first four, and then Rock Your Heart Out, five, uh, Are You Ready, six, and If You Dare, seven, at least seven great songs. Um, the other ones, I, I think they were, they were okay too, but this, this is a good album. I, I overlooked this. I missed the boat on this one for sure. Um, yeah, and Bruce Fairburn produced it. Bruce Fairburn, I think, also produced, was it Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet? And, uh, he produced a lot of those big rock hair metal albums at the time. But yeah, so Razor's Edge is really, really good. I for sure missed something on that one. So that was 1990. And then 1995, now we'll go back to Ball Breaker, which was produced by Rick Rubin. I'm not sure why. And let me find the track listing. This is another one. I listened to ACDC a bunch last week just to familiarize myself a little bit. Hard as a Rock, that was the, um, the, the single from this one. And really the only one that I'm familiar with was Hard as a Rock. And anything else? I think Hail Caesar, was that a video? Yeah, actually I listened, no, I listened to this last night. The, my electricity went out here. My electricity was out for like it's almost three and a half hours because I live in Mexico and these kind of things happen. And I sat in bed and uh, listened to this with headphones and eh, nothing really caught me. Oh, The Honey Roll, I think that was an okay song. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ball Breaker, not sure why why they got Rick, Rick Rubin to produce it, but not, not too much to say about uh, Ball Breaker. 11 songs. ACDC was always good for 10 songs. I think even, I think High Voltage had nine and maybe... Um, let There Be Rock, I think, had nine. At this point, bands were getting into longer albums. And I think all those early ACDC albums up to uh, at least Fly in the Wall were like 40, 44 minutes. These, at this point, they started to get longer. I think bands with CDs, you know, by that point were huge. I think bands felt pressured to make their albums longer instead of better. 
Yeah, this is 49, 49, 47. It's almost 50 minutes. So, yeah, so what else can I say about Ball Breaker? Not too much. Um, so after that was, uh, ah, they did put out um, a box set, the Bonfire box set, which was like, a, ACDC has never done a proper Greatest Hits compilation album. They did Bonfire, but that was, I think that, that had some, I didn't buy it, I don't really know anything about it, but that had uh, some unreleased stuff. And um, so I, I, it was a compilation album, but I wouldn't say a Greatest Hits album. So the next was, uh, oh, Stiff Upper Lip. Let me find Stiff Upper Lip. Uh, the track listing. And it's another one that I don't have too much to say about. It came out, I think, in 2000. Yeah, 2000. Also, oh, produced by George Young also, which I guess was fine. Nothing, this I did listen to last week. Nothing really to say about this one. Um, I think that the title track, Stiff Upper Lip, was the only song that I even really knew at the time. And uh, at this point, I think um, ACDC had really established themselves as, I guess, kind of like how Iron Maiden is now and Metallica and Pearl Jam. You know, they, they went up, up, up. They were huge. And then they had a big slide, which a lot of bands never recovered from. And then they go, you know, through the top. I think ACDC from, probably from the razor's edge on, were never going to be anything less than an arena band. Uh, Iron Maiden, man, Iron Maiden in the... Uh, the mid to the late 90s, just playing in clubs, I think in some small clubs too. ACDC never got to that, but uh, they, they did have a big slip. But then they became, you know, a huge international band. They, they played nothing less than arenas and stadiums, I think, in a lot of cases. And yeah, so Stiff Upper Lip, I think that's all I can say about that. What came after Stiff Upper Lip? Uh, was it Black Ice? At this point, ACDC was putting albums out every five years. Um, yeah, Black Ice came out in 2008. Is that right? So was it, was it eight years? Did I miss something? You have to tell me if I missed something. Let, let me check my, uh, my notes here. Ball Breaker, uh, Razor's Edge, Stiff Upper Lip. Yeah, I guess Black, Black Ice was the, uh, was the next one. Yeah, it says, yeah, eight years between. Wow. Um, and at this point, I just couldn't have cared less about ACDC. I didn't care about them for years at that point, and this didn't change. Brendan O'Brien produced this album, who produced Pearl Jam, who's arguably my favorite band ever. This album was 55 minutes looking at it now. The only song I knew from this album, I did listen to this. When this came out, I did listen to the full album. Never, I didn't buy it and I never got into it. I do remember the song Rock and Roll Train. That was also the last time they played here in Mexico City. That was, I think they played here on 2009 in that tour. And I didn't see, so that was, uh, at least up to this point, my last chance to see ACDC. Hopefully they, they tour next year. Um, cause I, I do want to see them now. I've had a, they've, with me, ACDC has had a renaissance. So I, you know, now I think I really, really want to see ACDC. But they, they were, uh, they played in, uh, the big stadium in Mexico City in, I guess it was 2009, and I didn't go, and I regret not going. And uh, what else? So that was Black Ice. And then after that, was it... Uh, ah, Rocker Bus came out after that. Rocker Bus came out in... Was it 2014 or 2015? I did listen to that whole album completely, and I thought it sucked. Uh, Black Black Ice... I mean, I, I I thought it was okay, but I didn't like it. But when I, when I listened to Rocker Bus, I just didn't like it at all. I thought, oh, this is... ACDC is really just, you know, running on the fumes now. 
Um, turned turned out that that was. Uh, I think at this point, yeah, Malcolm Young was gone. He, I mean, he was still alive. When did he die? I think he died in two thousand seventeen or sixteen. This album came out in two thousand fourteen, but he didn't play on it, and he didn't play on that tour. And maybe that was I don't know if that was why also people didn't like it. People, you know, you have these subconscious things that can affect whether you like or unlike something. And Phil Rudd at this point had been arrested. He was supposed to tour with them and he got arrested for uh, for dirty deeds, then they're cheap for a murder for hire plot and, and having drugs or something in his house. So I, uh, Chris Slade came back. So that, that was a weird time for ACDC. And then to make, uh, to make matters worse and getting back to the album, the only song I remember was uh, Play Ball. Really bad song. And so that was, even though ACDC was still a big band, that was, I think, kind of dark times for them. Uh, that their drummer was gone, their guitarist and founding member, and probably the, the, the most important guy in the band, maybe, despite what... I think we were kind of taught as kids to, to think that Malcolm was the, the main guy in the band, but I think as time passed, it kind of became more obvious that it was Malcolm instead of Angus. Angus was the face. Malcolm was the, the behind-the-scenes guy, I think. The, the engine. And um, now also on that tour, at least partway through that tour, Brian Johnson supposedly... I guess I, I don't doubt them. They, they, he lost his hearing. If you can't hear, you can't sing. And he was replaced by Axel. And I, I remember very, very well when those rumors came out that Axel, that ACDC was, was rehearsing with Axel and... Um, that Axel was going to tour with them, I, I, I said, there's, and I was wrong, there was no way that was ever going to happen. And I was wrong. They, it, Axel did it. I wish I had seen that. If they had come to Mexico City on that tour, I would have gone for sure. I was actually very excited to see them with Axel. And from what I saw, the, the videos and, and uh, sound, I thought he sounded great. I thought Axel, I think he's the only guy that could have done ACDC. First of all, because he's the only guy big enough. People said, well, they should have got the guy from Rose Tattoo, or they should have got Jason McMaster from Broken Teeth, or they should have got, um, uh, you know, whoever, somebody from a, uh, an ACDC cover band. Now, you need a big star to, to, to fill in for Brian Johnson to go play arenas. Nobody could have done that except Axel, and uh, I thought he sounded great. That was 2016, I think. And, um, and then, so, oh, and then also after that tour, Cliff Williams retired. So it seemed like that was the end of ACDC. And now I'll skip forward. Maybe it was two years ago. There were rumors, and these rumors always end up being true, about eight, that ACDC were in the studio in Vancouver, and Brian Johnson was spotted there, and Cliff Williams, and Angus, and everybody was there, Phil Rudd. And I did believe that, um, because, as I said, most of these rumors come true. And then it was confirmed, I don't know if it was this summer or some months ago, that that was true. And they recorded and released this. This is, uh, this is so new that if I, if I, ooh, if I touch it, I still get a shock from it. It's still hot. Uh, this is, so this is the first ACDC album that I bought. So this is called Power Up, of course. And this is the first ACDC album that I bought since, uh, since Flick of the Switch in 1980. First new ACDC album. All these other ones, I went back and bought them, uh, much, much later. So this is the first new one I bought since uh, Flick of the Switch. Now, everybody seems to love this album. Um, what I And I've only listened to it twice. I've listened to the full thing twice. I, so I can't say too much about it. 
I, I think what happens a lot of times is I've talked about this many in many cases. Uh, timing is everything, and I, I think because it looked like ACDC was going to be finished. Uh, Malcolm died. Brian Johnson lost his hearing. Cliff Williams retired, and they they had to tour with Axel, and it looked like that was going to be the end of it. So I, I think at, at this point, people people were just very very happy to have ACDC back. And when you think about it, it's pretty good. They have four of the five guys that recorded uh, Back in Black and, you know, for those about to rock. So it, it's pretty good that 40 years later you can have four of the five guys, although they are missing arguably the most important guy. But then you could also argue for that Malcolm did write some of the songs. Uh, and really, who cares that it's Stevie playing guitar? They're, they're Malcolm's riffs. And I think in the ACDC camp, it's all the same. So I can't I can't say my uh, that I love this album. Um, I did buy it. I didn't buy it because I like it. I buy it just I bought it just because I thought ACDC deserves another chance with me. And I've gone back in recent years, and uh, you know, as I said, had this renaissance with them. I, I don't think I love it as much as some other people. My friend that I've mentioned several times, Kevin Montaon. He loves it, swears that it's their best album since Flick of the Switch, which I think was also the last album he bought. I think it's too early to, for me, it's too early to say things like that. And who am I to, to argue with anybody who likes it? Good for them if they like it. Uh, I, I put it in the same category as Black Sabbath uh, 13, that you're, you know, for a band that's been around for so long, you're happy that they're they're still around, they're still alive, and they're making new music. It is, I will say, it's for sure better than Rock or Bust. Um... But yeah, I, I think timing too. I think people were, I think a lot of people were like me. They were happy to have a new ACDC album. And um, I, I guess I'll need more time to see. I don't know how much I'm going to listen to it. Like I said, I've listened to it twice so far. It does sound good. It was produced also by Brendan O'Brien, who produced, um, which one did he, did I say he produced? Uh, Black Ice, I think. Yeah, Black Ice. And uh, who cares who produced an AC, ACDC album? But it does sound good. It, it's ACDC. I, I can't, you know, you, you can't expect it to sound like anything but ACDC. It's just a question of whether you like the songs or not. And uh, I don't like the album cover. I think the album cover is very lazy. It's just, um, I, I guess you can't really see, but there are some, there, this is like on a stage and back here it's on a stage and it's, it doesn't, it's kind of a lazy album cover. There's the inside. ACDC, I don't think, has ever printed their lyrics on any of their albums. Um, so power up, uh, time will tell. I do think it's kind of strange that they released it now when they can't tour behind it. They can't really promote it. Who am I to tell ACDC how to do their business? But I think it's the same with Iron Maiden. There were rumors quite a while ago, a year ago or two ago, that, that Iron Maiden had recorded a new album in Paris, that it's done, finished, and they're sitting on it. Well, now they've been sitting on it for, you know, this pandemic has delayed everything by at least nine or ten months so far, and it's going to be longer. Um, I, I think it seemed like it would have been better for ACDC to hold on to this album until next year when they could have announced some tour plans with it. This kind of seems like a, a little bit of a lame duck album, but again, I, I don't know... You know, I, I can't really tell ACDC or record industry people how to how to run their business. So I'm I'm just kind of surprised that they put it out now because it was out and everybody was excited about it, and now that's it. There's no tour. Um, that's it for ACDC. Now to to answer the the important question, a lot of people people love to talk about 
what's better. Again, David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar or uh, John Bush, Joey Belladonna. Uh, I, I think Bon Scott and Brian Johnson is one of the best. I, I think David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar really divided people and John Bush and Joey Belladonna. I think everybody loves ACDC fairly equally. They were, they were much, much bigger with Brian Johnson, but I think much more acclaimed. I, I think all the bands who were um, influenced or inspired by ACDC were, you know, it was, it was from the Bon Scott era. So the way I see it is, for me, Bon Scott is, uh, you could, you could compare it to a couple of guys called, uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Um, to me, uh, Brian Johnson is Donald Trump and Bon Scott is, uh, Joe Biden in the sense that for me, there was, there was, uh, Back in Black and, uh, for those about to rock and flick of the switch. So, so they had a big, big lead. They were way up. ACDC, so you had Biden, uh, Bon Scott, Biden Scott, Bon, Bon Biden, um, Joe, Joe Scott, or, or, uh, Bon, Bon Biden, and Trump was Brian Johnson, and Brian Johnson had a huge start. Huge start. Un, un, insurmountable. Nobody could catch Brian Johnson. But then, when you went back, and, uh, and started, uh, you, you could say that the, the, the CDs that I bought were the, were the ballots, once you started counting the ballots and you saw the true story, I, I would have to say Bon Scott surpassed Brian, John, Brian Johnson for me. Maybe the best way to put it is that if you gave me a choice between, and this is totally stupid because this this could never happen, but people like to make up these uh, scenarios that that are, you know, completely fantasy. If if I had the option of either only listening to Bon Scott ACDC albums for the rest of my life or only Brian Johnson, I would take Bon Scott for sure. Uh, I don't think Bon Scott had any bad albums. Brian Johnson had, ah, Blow Up Your Video, Rocker Bust, arguably Fly on the Wall, mm, ah, maybe Stiff Upper Lip. Uh, bon, bon Scott was gold. So that's what I think between, um, uh, so I'm drawing a parallel between the, the 2020 US election and uh, ACDC's two singers in their catalog. So that's what I think. I think I'm finished, not just for uh, not just for ACDC, but forever for good. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna die or anything like that. I don't, I'm not uh, on my deathbed. I'm not even on my regular bed. But I just have nothing, no other bands that I can really go through their discographies for. Lots of bands that I love, but uh, not not to the extent of these twenty or, or twenty one or twenty two that I did. So uh, that's it. So as I said uh, before, thanks to to if, if for anybody who watched this, or uh, and also I started this during the quarantine when there was not much to do, and now there there is a lot to do, and I, you know, I'm doing these less frequently now because I'm busier on Sundays than I was in the early days of the quarantine. But thanks for everybody. If you, if you watched, if you scrolled through it, if you commented, if you uh, watched any of the live premieres. If you called me a dickhead or called me any names or told me I was stupid for liking something that you don't like, I'll even thank you. Uh, thanks to Kevin Montavon for uh, for featuring these the audio from these videos that I do. He features them on his podcast, uh, Five for Two Five for Two Productions. Ticket Stubs is his podcast. You can watch uh, watch it on YouTube uh, with his friend uh, Todd. So so to everybody, uh, I have lots of hiking videos. I'm going to keep doing all kinds of videos. Uh, hopefully I can get to 10,000 subscribers 
And uh, what else? Hmm, how can I end this? I don't know what else to say, but see ya. Thank <laughs> you.